the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friends so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday morning to you, my friends. Uh, Today we have entered into the season of uh, the triumph of the Holy Cross. Christians in the world are celebrating a wonderful season starting on September 14. We begin with the celebration of the feast day of the exaltation and the finding of the wood of the Holy Cross. But first, before we begin talking about the theme and about the persecuted Christians, Let us pray together on this holy Sunday. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. See the cross of the Lord. Let all his enemies flee in terror. The Lion of Judah, David's seed, is victorious. Hallelujah. Today, my friends, we want to pray Psalm 2, Psalm 2, the Messiah, King and Conqueror. Why this tumult among nations, among peoples, this useless murmuring? They arise, the kings of the earth. Princes plot against the Lord and his anointed. Come, let us break their fetters. Come, let us cast off their yoke. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord is laughing them to scorn. Then he will speak in his anger. His rage will strike them with terror. It is I who have set up my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will announce the decree of the Lord. The Lord said to me, you are my son. It is I who have begotten you this day. Ask and I shall bequeath you the nations. Put the ends of the earth in your possession. With a rod of iron, you will break them, shatter them like a potter's jar. Glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, or without end. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters, it is such a joy to have, uh, for many few times now with us, uh, Madeleine Enzelberger, continue our discussion and conversation about Christianity on trial. She is in charge of the Observatory of Discrimination and Intolerance Against Christians in Europe who's focused on the West. Today, we want to help you. We want to help us. We want to have a conversation. 
um, we want to ask the question, why defending the persecuted Christians and defending Christianity is a fundamental right without which humanity cannot live, will not be the same. So this is a question we want to treat with um, Madeline. Madeline, my first question to you, why this tumult inside nations against Christianity? So first of all, good morning, Father, and good morning to you all. And thanks for having me again. It's been really a pleasure so far um, to be on this show with you. Why is this tumult between nations against Christianity? You know, because Jesus stands for the truth and um, there's a lot of people who don't like truth to be revealed because what they do, you know, is done in the shadows and in the dark. So that's more of a spiritual or theological perspective on it, I would say. But it's something that also relates to what we see um, going on at the moment, specifically in the West, um, as you already mentioned, um, fundamental freedoms, which are more and more um, under scrutiny, especially for Christians. So we're talking about freedom of religion, freedom of speech, parental rights. So all of those fundamental rights, which are not only you know important for Christians, but all of us, um, those are rights and freedoms that we built our liberal democracies on. And that's the reason why it's important for every one of us and why it's not just about Christians. So if we care about what is happening with Christians at the moment, I would say we're, we're caring um, for our whole nation, for all our, for the community of liberal democracies at the moment. Madeline, if I were to be um, more, more on a spiritual level, I would say, um, is there a problem between the nations and the faith in general to begin with? You, you, you have been in so many nations and so many places, you observe acts of intolerance, acts of discrimination against Christianity. And it seems also you see in general discrimination against faith, against believers, basically, whatever the faith could be. I mean, look, uh, Germany, World War II, World War I, um, the, the, the Islamist wars, uh, the uh, conquest, uh, the mid-centuries, the Middle Ages, uh, wars between the same religious groups. Um, there is an issue in the nations against the faith. Is this true statement? Yes, and we can read it over and over again, not just in the Old Testament, but, you know, Jesus is talking about this a lot of times. He says that we would be persecuted um, like he was persecuted. So I think um, if you are really a, a true follower of, a cri- of Christ and you were persecuted, that's just completely natural. If you're not persecuted... If you're not um, discriminated against, then I don't know, maybe you're not on the right path. It's part of the deal, I would say. And uh, do nations nations have, in your experience, do they have a specific set of rules or policy to discriminate, to use intolerance against Christianity? In Europe, for instance, do they actively pursue uh, not allowing Christianity or not integrating Christianity or somehow attacking Christianity? So I would say, no, um, there is no specific state at the moment where you can say, okay, that is explicitly anti-Christian, right? Um, that is not happening. But what we do see is this whole dynamic that is um, getting stronger and um, more deeply rooted of secular tolerance. So, 
the concept of secular intolerance is that we do not only have a healthy form of secularity, which also protects the church, not only the state. This is something also that is very important. Um, so secularity as such is nothing ne- negative. But we're talking about uh, secularism. I know that um, sometimes, you know, it's, it's used interchangeably. But I think it is very important to make a distinction there because why we have the ism in the end is because it is ideologically infused. And usually the ideologies that infuse secularism today are intolerant towards faith in general, but specifically Christianity. And so with new policy formations, not just on a national level um, in the EU countries, but also at the EU level, we can see that there is on the, on the one hand, uh, sometimes an explicit intolerance against believers and Christians, but also a high level of religious illiteracy. So a lot of people in important positions don't have a good knowledge about what religion or faith actually means. And we therefore, think, yeah. if I may interrupt, so you think, you think, even though actively, at least in the West, we're talking the West, because we know in communist regimes and, uh, and totalitarian regimes, there is an active pursuit um, against the people of faith, right? namely Christianity, for instance, in some areas, for instance, in China, the Uyghurs, the Muslim Uyghurs as well, in some areas we see there is a, a nationalistic religion, you know, the worship of the state leader, for instance, who prohibits all other religions from existing. Um, we know, but in the West, you're saying actively, we may not have really um, sets of rules or regulations or known a protocol um, according to which Christianity is to be prohibited. However, we know in France, for instance, they do not allow religious symbols in public. A priest cannot yeah. wear a color in public. Uh, same for probably, uh, I do not know now, the Muslims still wear them, and even though they are prohibited, they're not allowed to. But how do you, expri- how do you explain these rules then? So I think what you mentioned in the beginning is that if it is specifically targeted against Christians. So I think France is a very good example, but it's a very specific example. So I think compared to the to the U.S., Europe is really diverse in the sense of that every nation has its very own specific historic and political context. So France is very specific because it has this state concept of laicité, which is the absolute strict separation between church and state and it doesn't guarantee freedom of religion but instead freedom from religion that's very unique and it's not specifically against um christians as you mentioned it this um, means that religion has no space whatsoever in the public sphere it's not allowed but that includes everyone who is religious so it includes jews muslims christians Everyone. Doesn't this mean that there is persecution? If, if, if the country, if the state is saying, I'm sponsoring rules and regulations and sets of protocols um, to free you from religion, but mainly, historically, religion in France is Christianity, is actually Catholicism. So basically, these sets of rules and regulations are against Catholicism. Uh, is, is that a false statement? Is that a wrong understanding? Well, I think it is partially true. I think it is the model that historically evolved out of the French Revolution. And also, I think um, looking at the French Revolution, we usually don't look at the brutal you know, side of it, which it definitely was. It was very bloody. 
specifically against um, the Catholic Church. But I think what they try to do in France is say, okay, we have this very small common denominator where we, we acknowledge that there is religions and there's religious freedom. But um, in order to handle the plurality of different faiths, we to say that we will not talk about it or display any religious symbols in public, right? So, you know, every nation has their own specific social contract, so to say. And that's what the French people agreed on. I also have to say that during COVID, it was the government who kept the churches closed, but it was the constitutional court, actually, who defended the right of Christians so that churches would be opened up again. And um, the, 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 other, the other side of this. So now the conversation is, we want to convince Americans, we want to convince Americans that we cannot undergo a French revolution in America, meaning a revolution that aims, which aims to kill Christians, to not allow churches to be, to burn Christianity, to kill nuns, actually. Do you recall how many victims in the French Revolution, away from the royal family? We're not talking about the imperial France. We're not talking the revolution of the poor against, you know, the uh, nobility of, of the time. We're not talking about the revolution of the bourgeois against the nobility and the takeover. You know, there was a revolution, then there was a revolution against the revolution. We're talking impure facts that targeted monasteries, convents, religious orders, nuns, um, les curés, uh, the, the priests, faithful laity. Do you have any number in history how many people were murdered, murdered? for their faith in France during the 1789 revolution? Is there any figures? Not that I know of, officially. But also you know, because people don't talk about the French Revolution um, in a negative way, right? Because it is the time when the era of enlightenment started. So it is always connotated in a very positive way. So I'm sure there's someone out there who researched that, but I don't have any exact numbers on that. Why do you think people don't talk about the French Revolution as in somehow a revolution against Christians, like a persecution against the church? Because I did, I did search that. You know, that's a great topic for you and me to honestly develop and, and study. I, I promise our listeners we have to develop the things because I am afraid, I am afraid that the context of fraternité, égalité, liberté, I do not know how you say it in French and in English. I have to think about it for a minute. You know, it's very simple. Uh, it's like equality, fraternity, and... And liberty. Um, yes. E- equality, fraternity, and liberty, right? Yes. Um, these were the three mottos, basically, of the French Revolution. But then in one monastery, they, they killed 60 nuns, or 30, either 32 nuns or 60 nuns. There's like thousands of Catholics were killed, were massacred yeah. during the French Revolution because they were not allowed to enter the churches. People did not want him um, uh, to, to, to go into the churches, basically. Um, the United States today, we are definitely, I would say, um, with the COVID, with um, the political system, the changes between Republicans, Democrats today, we call them liberals and conservatives. Um, we saw an administration where the Bible was at the center, Christianity was at the center, persecuted Christians were at the center, pro-life was at the center, um, you know, defending religious liberty was at the center. And now we see um, a, an administration that is totally going in a different directions. 
how can you describe the personality of the United States when it comes to Christianity? What, looking at those two models between conservatives and liberals, and it's been happening for a while in the U.S. Mm. How do you describe America today as, as a person, as a juridical person, as a fake person, <laughs> as, as, as una persona? Um, so this is really an out, outside perspective, right? And um, also my perspective is very European on that. So um, it might be that some, of, um, some Americans might just struggle with what I'm going to say now. But so from my observation, I would say that um, sadly at the moment, it seems like there is a lot of polarization going on. And also bipartisan politics has crept into the church and into faith somehow. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a reason Jesus was never a king, an earthly king, right? So something when it comes to, to party politics is something I personally think we shouldn't get too upset about as Christians. Because I think if you look at the life of Jesus, one day you could say, oh, he absolutely a conservative. But the other thing he did, you could say, oh, that's typical liberal, right? And at the moment, I think there is a very strong base in the Christian world, which has this fighting mentality against the government. But I think our duty is to speak truth. That's important with love, which doesn't mean, you know, we always have to be this weak, I don't know, meek, lovey-dovey Christian who says everything in a nice way. Um, But yes, truth without love is senseless and is not worth anything. And also praying for the leaders in our country and, 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 you know, praying and blessing them. So I will not give a political analysis of what is going on in the U.S. at the moment because <laughs> that it's not up to me to do that. And it's also not what we do at our organization. But so from a Christian personal perspective, that's how I see it at the moment. It's, it's, it's very polarized and it doesn't help anyone that way. Madeline, you're young vibrant, uh, prayerful. Um, you love all people, regardless of their faith, color, race, gender, um, religion. I know how, how, uh, how balanced you are in your life. And that was a very, very, very nice uh, description you gave in the United States. When the United States is so polarized in a way that this has never been that polarized before, this could set the stage for violence, for acts against religion, against Christianity, one way or the other. And then you describe that Christians themselves, sometimes they, they, they adopt the positions a little bit more liberal towards a little bit more conservative when it comes to relate to the human condition, but not necessarily we're talking in this context in the United States. I want to give you some, um, some, some um, figures from the French Revolution, for instance. People, for instance, do not know, do not know. You know, the French Revolution started in 1789, right? And there are victims that died during the French Revolution. Now, immediately after the French Revolution, there is a period of time, they call it the reign of terror, the reign of terror. Um, During that reign of terror, between probably 1792 or 1794 till about 1840, till about even, even during the apparitions in Lourdes, even the reign of terror, continued all the way, including 
during the apparitions of Notre Dame uh, in Lourdes, basically, which was in the 1854 or 52, I believe. During that time, do you know that about 30,000 Catholics, 30,000 Catholics, priests, nuns, monks, monasteries, people, laity, were either executed by the state or ordered into exile. This was a reign of terror that came as a consequence after the French Revolution. And we just spoke that till today, we see measures inside the French government that they are actually anti-religious. And you stated it, you, you really stated it very well. And they take, they take a pride that they are protecting people freedom from religion, from religion. While in the United States, we try to battle every day to defend our freedom of religion, freedom of religion. That is correct. I just, I, one thing, two things I wanted to mention, though, is, you know, with the French Revolution, it's not like it came out of the blue and people, there was no reason for this kind of hate and all of that. So things were not right at that time, also within the church. I think what's important and also so important for today is no matter what someone else does, violence or a killing is never the solution. It's also the reason it's like one of our basics in in our democracies is that we handed over the monopoly of violence um, to the to the state to a certain extent. Right. So we would not seek mm-hmm. revenge ourselves. So that's one thing. And that's also what we see today, like. Um, you know, with after um, Roe versus uh, Wade was overturned, a lot of Wait. pro-life organizations and churches were attacked. So can I disagree with what pro-life organizations are saying? Of course I can, because there's freedom of speech and that's important. But am I legitimized to use violence? Of course not. And that's also what happened at the French Revolution. It also happened on the other side of the political spectrum. It's not just the left, Okay. So I think that's also important. And also another thing that is important to mention, because I always think it's it's important that we have, we're talking about very complex historic processes, you know. And We're talking um, simply stopping violence. We're talking simply stopping violence. Do not use any context or pretext in order to discriminate, to murder, to kill, to exactly. abolish, to desecrate a human being who wants to believe in God. Same for the believers. You cannot yeah. do anything to discriminate against people who do not want to believe. Yeah. There has to be freedom of religion and freedom from religion if people yes. choose to do so. Exactly. So one positive development in France last year, or this year was, you know, they have a big problem with vandalism against churches, which really concerns the state because actually almost all of the old churches are state proper property officially. Do you know the and- historical context for that? Yes, but that would be too long at the moment. But what I wanted to say now is that, you know, I told you this uh, figure that we have, that there is three attacks against churches um, on average every day happening in France. So what the French government did now is that they really um, drafted policy to better protect the churches, which is a good signal, right? Right. Uh, we want to we wanna conclude this wonderful conversation. And i love to have you again to develop this conversation. I want to thank Mike for staying with us. We are on the three different time zones with hours in difference between us all. Thank you, Mike, for covering us. Um, and I think we are running on time, I promise you. Uh, if we exceeded our time, please let us know, Mike. And somehow, my, my last question, organically, organically, in your experience, 
as, as an observer, do you think the world can exist without Christianity? As an observatory, that is not our mandate to judge on that, I would say. Mm-hmm. Also because it is a profoundly spiritual, theological question. Um, but from a personal mm-hmm. believer standpoint, I would say, of course not, because this is what, you know, what our nations are built upon and what we're built upon in the Western world. And there's a reason why, you know, there's been so much prosperity and development in that region specifically. Peace. And, and peace. peace. And I think that's really due to Christ alone. Thank you. That's beautifully said, uh, Madeline. Beautiful testimony and uh, beautiful confession you have made in front of the people. I pray today with you that the United States recognizes spiritual power, that its spiritual strength is to protect the freedom all over the world inside our nation. And uh, this freedom is uh, etched in our hearts by God himself. And uh, the source of all freedoms begin when people freely can call the Divine Father, the Heavenly Father, Abba, Father and praise his most holy name. I want to thank you for um, giving us these thoughts of wisdom, and I look forward to a future conversation with you. And Mike, thank you so very much for accompanying us in these uh, differences of time zones. Uh, we have found a way to connect, and I look forward. I want to ask the people in Colorado to pray for Madeline, to pray for me, whether in Europe or in the Middle East. There is heavy, heavy, heavy persecution. I promise you, if you hear the stories I am seeing every day, you will not believe how organic the persecution has become and how personal the persecution has become, targeting the people, the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for your support, for the mission of hope and mercy and for this radio show. Good Holy Sunday morning to you all. This is Father Andre and Madeline um, from uh, Salem Radio. Thank you so much and God bless you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.